Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Rick and Morty, which we'll be getting into today. I'm Dylan Heisen, and welcome to our panel uh, for this week of Rick and Morty. We'll be dis- we'll be discussing Vindicators Three: The Return of World Ender. This is our panel discussion, our second a week Rick and Morty podcast here at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, well, Overly Animated, and that's where you can find us. Uh, we talk about Rick and Morty every week. Uh, so definitely subscribe to us. Search for Overly Animated Rick and Morty, and subscribe to either our main feed or our Rick and Morty specific feed. This will be our discussion where I'll take us through our panelists having them answer questions about this episode and assigning them arbitrary amounts of points to determine a winner because everything must have a winner these days. So let's meet our panelists today. Uh, when I introduce you, please give me your initial, or not your initial, because it's been a few days, but your uh, brief impressions of Vindicators 3, The Return of World Ender, this episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, first up is our defending champion, John McKenna. Hi, everybody. And my first impression of Vindicators is that it was probably the most evil thing we've seen from Rick. And I know there's a challenge between whether or not he was evil or if he was being a dick, but this was pretty messed up that he wound up building a saw-like contraption, wound up killing two of the Vindicators just to prove a point. It was hol- it was definitely it was still hol- yeah, it was still hilarious. It was just a totally nonsensical adventure. It was again it and it ended in such a very out there oddball way it was enjoyable but i would actually be comfortable saying this was not one of my favorite episodes of rick and morty Ooh, okay we'll see if this opinion opinion is echoed let's meet our second panelist april collins what did you think of this episode april hey so this episode i was i liked it um it kind of had that like uh and as the way John said it, that nonsensical, like, adventure kind of thing. But they continued that darkness that we're continuing to see throughout this entire season. And I was about this. So it was, it definitely made uh, my top three uh, episodes of the season thus far. Wow, so. out of four. That is a bold <laughs> statement. That will, that, will, that will not be earning you points in the upcoming rounds if you make bold claims like that. So, uh, not, not bold. Okay. Um, uh, not last though. We'll see. We'll see if anyone else has an opinion. Uh, we're also we also have Andy Potter. Hey, Dylan. Uh, my opinion of this episode. I can't believe no one said it yet. This is the worst episode of the season so far. That doesn't mean it's a bad episode of television, but it's clearly in my head the worst episode of the season so far. It. I'll get into it more when we talk about how we graded it and stuff. But there's a lot of room for improvement here in terms of a Rick and Morty episode, but it was still fun to watch, and there was a lot of funny bits and gags in this episode. Okay, and uh, last up, we have last week's host, now a participant. Is there collusion? We'll see. Alex Bonilla. <laughs> Hola. Uh, this is not because I'm demoted, but let's just keep this short and say that the, the biggest chuckle I got in that entire half hour was the Rick and Jerry teaser. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, let's, let, don't, don't uh, put your chickens in. I'll, I'll be the judge of demotion here, but uh, let's see who will be... <laughs> <laughs> Who will be uh, relegated? Uh, the loser will be banished from the podcast forever. Okay, that's what you're playing for this week. Everyone understands? What? Okay, okay, <laughs> let's get started here. Um, so I'll be grading your answers on, uh, and the grade doesn't really matter, but uh, I'll say it after the round, on originality, what, correctness, and um, you, uh, I don't remember what the other one was, reasoning. You're reasoning behind your answer. Okay, um, so we already started talking about the quality of this episode, but let's start with a grade of the episode. Um, a, on an A to F scale, uh, what's your arbitrary grade? 
great. And uh, what it, what went in, what thought went behind that and your scale? Uh, John, you're first up here. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a B. Uh, even I, I had some really I had some funny moments. I you get you do get the Guardians of the Galaxy sort of Marvel DC trope thing, and and they did a very good job. I. I have to apologize to the listeners from last week. I thought I was dead sure it was Norm McDonald was going to be uh, Maximus Renegade Star Soldier. Turns out it was Christian See, Slater. See, I, I, I was guess. I was actually going to point that out. You're, you're going to start with negative two points here for that mistake, John. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was ready to, to point that out after. They, they do sound similar, which yeah. is kind of shocking. I believed you when you said it last week. It sound, Yeah, he, Christian Slater was doing too. his uh, best Norm McDonald impression. But yeah, B, um, anything else behind that? Um. But as far as the Rick and Mort- Morty story goes, this definitely felt a little too going through the motions type thing. It was go to, go to this room, do task, move on. Go to this room, do task, move on. It definitely got repetitive. It was said, I think, on the recap podcast from uh, Monday. It got a bit repetitive. It There was that undercurrent, but it just – I mean there have been better Rick and Morty episodes which don't feel like you're just going through the motions. And I felt that the ending was a bit – contrived even though it was meant to be humorous it just didn't hit home for me as much as another rick and morty episode did still good but too many faults to put it in the a range that's a good plug for our recap podcast which i think i forgot to mention you can check that on our feed not required to listen to this one uh but uh you can check out our initial impressions there so uh good stuff a b from john april what say you on this grading scale I gave this one a B plus. Uh, I, there was a lot of really good like one-liners. There was a lot of laughs uh, for me, at least. Uh, again, like I said, I really enjoyed that we kept up the darkness while still like making fun of you know like ga- Guardians of the Galaxy. It kind of felt like they were making fun of like the Avengers, and then we got the Saw reference in there, which was totally like out of the blue for me. Uh, but there was a lot of, there was some like moments where I was just like, uh, okay, like let's move on. And then we did. And so it, it made up for it in, in my opinion that way. So solid B plus for me. Okay. B, we have a B and a B plus. Andy, what's your grade? I, you guys are rating this way too high. This is just a solid <laughs> C. This is just an average ooh, episode ooh. of Rick and Morty. There's nothing more, nothing less going on here. It has a lot of really good ideas, but a lot of short shortcomings as well. It has, the, the concept is a very good concept. It has a lot of good ideas coming with it, like the idea of Rick just getting drunk and like killing a bunch of superheroes. That's really cool, and I love the idea. But like you said, it, it drags in places, and what it's really missing is a B-plot. If this had a B-plot, I think this episode would be elevated to something a lot better in my mind, because there's a lot of times you're watching this, you're like, do we really need to see this very slow progression of all the Vindicators hating each other? Because we know they're all going to die. We know that going in, because it's Rick. So I this is just a C. It's funny. It's still a good episode of television, but there's room for improvement here. Room for improvement. Okay. Uh, Andy went into the C-range. Alex, where are you here? Uh, I'm going to treat this like another game show. Price is right. Lower, lower. I'm going D plus here. This present, this Ooh. premise isn't strong enough to me. It, the parody is very weak. It, get, it goes all the characters one dimensional. I know that that's Rick's point, but the humor crossed me. A lot of the jokes fell flat and some of them went so fast that you just don't get it on the first watch, which I think is to its detriment. The Israel gag, which is being praised by some people, I personally got nothing out of it. It felt edgy for edgy's sake, very half-assed. It didn't go all the way in. Ooh. And uh, of the Vindicators, only One Million Ants is the one that like I could relate to. All the rest felt very lackluster. Gillian Jacobs did do good voice acting, but Supernova herself 
just felt very bland in general. And that ending, it just felt straight, we give up, forget this, let's go home. So D+, plus, the worst episode of the season, and I think in my bottom five for the series. For the series? Oh, man. Well, we'll oh, get to man. A- <laughs> Alex, there's something so- in there that definitely warranted follow-up. So I, I have to, uh, the points may be on the line here. In what ways do you, uh, do you personally relate to Million Ants? Are you also made up of a Million Ants? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like he's the voice of reason here. He's, he's telling a supernova, like, calm down. You don't need to kill people just because... Uh, just because of all this, I know, and then like people that he, she's worked with for all this time, and he, she's getting all caught up in Rick's uh, antics or whatever, and then uh, for Supernova to just come and ki- uh, kill him off too, just because he's uh, stopping him from his goal, like uh, it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. And I, I think One Million Ants is the calmest one here, and the one that is the only one that shows any sort of dimension of any of these characters. Ooh, okay. Anyone anyone disagree with that? Um, I, 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 I have reasons to talk about how Million Ants is stupid, but that'll come later. I mean, he's definitely an interesting... He's, he has more depth than some of the Vindicators, at least. But there's some things he does that are pretty stupid. April? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I don't disagree with that, with anything that was said. I don't think he... Like, he was probably... Well, we'll get into it later, but he, he was my favorite Vindicator, so... <laughs> oh, spoilers for that question. John? Mm-hmm. I'll save it for when we go to okay, 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 okay. Here are your grades. Yeah. I grading. I'm grading out of five this week to give myself myself more flexibility for each answer out of five. Um, Andy gets a five. The rest of you get a four. Um, Alex was going to Woo! get a five, but then he answered incorrectly to that question. Are you made up of a million ants? The correct answer was <laughs> yes, and he did not. Say you said how I relate to a million ants. I would have liked so. to have heard that you also were made up of a million ants. That would have been um, <laughs> that would have been original. Uh, I, actually, I actually, I see. I actually agree with John and April more. Um, I I liked that uh, Andy and Alex were not afraid to go lower than the B range, something that has not been done on this panel yet. So um, that originality there. But uh, so 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 far, we have John at two points because it's minus two. Um, <laughs> April four, Andy five. I'm serious. And uh, Alex four. I also need a handicap because John has won the last two weeks. Okay. Um, next <laughs> next question here. Uh, who is the MVP of the episode? What character um, do you think uh, either you could say won the week or was the most valuable to the episode at large. Let's go reverse order here. Alex, uh, who's your MVP? Uh, I go Morty here. I, I think he uh, he embodied my exhaustion with this episode. Like He he feels very exhausted and just digging deeper and deeper into the nihilism exhibited by Rick in this episode. Just uh, tired of all, all his shit. And uh, it, it, he lets out a lot of good lines that we're all going to die because he envies nothing. Uh, do you do I do this all the time? Yes, Rick, a lot. So just like um, and also that that final ending where he goes into the it's a small world after all ride and it just shows up a new new and his line delivery mother, f- so, like uh, I think he gives the best lines of this episode and he embodies what everyone's thinking of Rick at this stage in his development. So Morty wins the week here. Alex says I'm done with this shit. Morty as his MVP. Okay, that's a strong choice. Andy, who's your MVP? Uh, uh my MVP is drunk rick and i am separating drunk rick from the rick <laughs> with the vindicators because they even make a gag about it in the episode about how rick is acting like it's a different person even though it's really not but it in a way it does act as a different character for them because he has he acts very differently than the rick that we see on see outside of that screen he does many things that rick doesn't necessarily do normally he's a lot more unhinged than we're used to in these recordings like 
just there and maybe the gags don't land every single time with drunk rick but i do feel like he's the one that brings this this is one of the more positive parts of the episode where it brings it up above the d range for me if there hadn't been this good concept i don't think this episode would be a c but this concept is great just rick getting so hammered so shit-faced that he cannot handle anything anymore and that he's just going he's just killing people and like it all culminates to that amazing hawaiian shirt thing for me where he's just so that's drunk the culmination like, <laughs> that is the funniest part of it. that is where he just gets so drugged that he cannot even finish explaining the task at hand and he just says uh just make some three pointers but at some point he also just made that three-pointer court somehow like there's a disconnect there how did he just randomly <laughs> say it also that basketball court like i don't get it but it's uh like it, i agree with alex at least the israel thing doesn't land for me but i think that's more because like, i'm not sure if it was really supposed to be a joke more than just like rick is just really weird but everything else with drunk rick i really like just like him disagreeing with current rick about the saw movie references like i, I just think drunk rick is really funny i like him a lot I think I think we'll save the Israel line rebuttal for uh, for a little lightning round if someone brings it up. Um, okay, drunk Rick, uh, April, who's your MVP? My MVP is also Morty because it was like I felt like there was a even though I guess in others' opinions it was a very bad episode for me. I felt like it was a lot. Of, there was a lot of development with Morty himself, particularly because like in the beginning of the episode he's like, "Yeah, Rick, we're gonna go on an adventure. Like this is it." And he's, like, so positive and hopeful. And then it's, like, after Rick, you know, just as, like, Morty realizes that they didn't go on Vindicators 2 because of Rick. Uh, he, You can just, like, see, like, all of, like, the first two seasons where he's just, like, I'm so tired of this shit. Like, I'm done with this. I'm done with you, Rick. I'm not impressed with you. Like, it's it's over, you know? And then all of, like, the little things were, like, what is it when Morty's, like, de-arming the neutrino bomb? He, uh, Morty, or Rick's like, how many times have you done this? And he's like, enough! Like, you know, and, like, it snaps at him. And I think this is, like, almost the most honest that Morty has ever been with Rick throughout the entire season, where he's just like, he's like, it wasn't because of me, it was because of you. Like, you're the reason why this is happening kind of thing. So, and then even at the end, there's like that small like glimmer of hope where he's like, oh, maybe Rick actually does care about me. And then he's like, nope, motherfucker. And then that's it again. So I liked, I enjoyed that sort of development in Morty. Okay, we have we have another Morty, well justified, uh, but that's two Mortys here, John. Who's your MVP? Make it three. I gotta go with Morty as well. And I want to bring it back to episode one of the se- of the season where I mentioned that Morty was very was becoming a lot more self-aware where he calls out the council Ricks for how unfair a trial is because his lawyer was a Morty. Um, that started the sense of him being self-aware. This really brought it to the, uh, the next level where he's actually standing up to Rick in a very meaningful way. I mean, he even calls about says, he, like, Rick, you're an asshole. That's why no one wants you to be proven. No one wants to say you're right because you. They don't want to give you the satisfaction. He's and he and he knows all Rick's tricks. He just goes through them. He's you can tell he's getting sort of sick and tired of it. He feels underappreciated. He's letting Rick know what he feels, and he does it in such a sincere way that it changes the dynamic of their relationship. He's gone from the sort of starry-eyed, uh, wide-eyed kid that the Vindicators thought he was to sort of this like an actual serious companion that you know will that could actually almost check Rick more than anybody else could you saw that come full circle here and that's why i have to give morty the props of the week 
Okay, guys, look. Um, this is, uh, that's, I like the reasoning behind this Morty answer. I really did not need to hear this three times. We we're talking, looking for originality here. Um, and this is, uh, I'll, just the choice of Morty was not an original answer all, anyway. Um, because it was well justified, I'll salvage a point for each of John, April, and Alex. Um, so Andy, I'll give you two points. I like the answer. It was original, but all of you are wrong on your MVP. I will give one of you a chance to come up with the proper MVP. Who am I looking for here? Millionaire. Noob noob. April wins. Okay. How is noob noob not the MVP of this episode? Logic also gets noob. He's he's a gag, Dylan. He's not a character. He is a he has an entire original rap by Logic written about him. How is noob noob not the MVP of the episode? April gets a bonus two points here. Oh my god. No no noob noob choice? This is the obvious answer, guys. He was a gag though. Rick thought he's the Rick thought he's the MVP and Rick is the smartest man in the universe. It's like calling that intern from the Mad Max episode the MVP. Oh, don't compare noob noob to the internet in one line come on noob noob has, he's a laugh track noob noob has like three you're lines. giving a laugh track the mvp noob noob's the obvious mvp of the episode oh they God. didn't even use an original voice for him <laughs> that's like saying that justin roland did the voice that's like saying that any other character Look, you can all like you can like keep a straight face through this, Dylan. You're like laughing through this. I'm April's gets April gets to go in as two points. So here, after t- after two rounds, we have uh, John at three total, April at seven total, um, Andy at seven total, and Alex at five total. Okay, so um, look, don't, don't let, let this be a lesson. Don't repeat the same answer three times. Not what I'm looking for here. Uh, but let's move on to the lightning round, which is um, which will go through fast. I'm expecting faster answers here. Uh, what is the funniest line of the episode? The one line. What's the funniest one line of the episode? April. I never forget a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and any any quick justification? Uh, you didn't ask. You just said to make it quick, so I gave you the line. <laughs> line plus quick, quick, quick justification. Oh, uh, because they never explain that line, and that's why it's the funniest one for me. Like I laughed the first time that they said it, and then even Rick brings it up, and still no one addresses it. And then even when I like rewatched the entire episode. For whatever reason, just that one. Like he was just like, I never forget a kid, and I was like, <laughs> and then when Br- <laughs> was that your specific like, laugh during it? That that that's a specific. <laughs> okay. It's slightly specific, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's it's a good it, it's a good choice here. Yes, uh, we'll see we'll see if anyone else uh, if we discuss this line later. Andy, who's what's your line of the episode? Who the fuck is noob noob? <laughs> And is this, this is this in response to what I just said? Is that no? Is, <laughs> I actually put it down on my piece of paper. I can send you a picture, Dylan. It's in pen. This is my oh, it's favorite line Ooh. in the episode. But anyways, um, this is like it's not even just the line; it's the way Morty looks at Rick in response. The total look of utter shock and almost anger from Morty when Rick says this is just the funniest thing I might have seen, like actually animated in this episode. Just the, like the funniest animation. Um, and also, this is just the build-up through the entire episode to this one punchline. This is the real stinger for me. Like, the stinger with the gear, gear man doesn't really land for gear me. Gear man! This, this, I... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Continue. I'm done. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see if that loses points. Alex, what's your line of the episode? Um, it's a lower key line, but I think it fits with the dark humor tone the episode was trying to hit. When they're disarming the bomb, Rick goes... 
it's a miracle I ever actually managed to destroy anything. And Morty, I don't know, you managed to destroy everything today. The villains, the heroes, the line between them, my childhood. So, just, like, that part, like, it was, it was lower key and subtler. But, like, to me, that actually got, the like, the biggest chuckle out of me this episode. Mm. That's an out-of-the-box choice. Interesting. Uh, John, what's your line? You're just the intellectually disabled kid we, we hang around with for, fo- for photo ops. <laughs> well, it was Max the Star Ranger to Morty. It's like, hi, Morty. You thought you were going to be a hero. You thought you could be a vindicator. Nope. You're just there to make them look cool because your heroes are total assholes. Rick gets proven right once again. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's some out of the box choices here. Uh, we know from the recap podcast that I would have gone with probably five other things ahead of all of these. Uh, basically anything in that um, in in that uh, I say I don't even remember her name. So I guess she's not the uh, the MVP. But um, the the wife uh, former wife debate and uh, like uh, did your six million wriggling legs? Uh, you know, like is, is that line? Come on. Did you like his six million <laughs> six million wriggling legs more than my tragedy stricken half ghost half tumescent penis? I mean, I think that's probably believe the line of the episode guys but um here we have uh three points for everyone except april who gets four points andy was gonna get four points uh but then he got gearhead's name wrong and that is not acceptable so um <laughs> uh i i I don't know. That's I, why I stopped myself. I just was like, I can't win here. I'm done. You, 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 you could have <laughs> lost more points if you continued. So that was a smart move. That's why I stopped. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, different senses of humor, but um, I, I, I think there are a lot of funny lines this episode. D- does anyone agree with me that um, when you when you go back and break it down line by line, this is uh, one of the funniest like line by line episodes of the show? I agree. There was yep. a lot of like line by line moments that I was just like, like I got to chuckle a lot of most everything, but the I never forget a kid got the biggest like I was like, like of all the things for you to say, like. <laughs> And, like, as for me, like, Pickle Rick honestly had more funny lines than this one. Like, the entire peanut, the, the entire fighting over your family drama discussion, that almost didn't land at all for me. Like, not even the uh, grabbing the penis jokes. Nah. Uh, I, I, I would, I would, I don't know. I, I don't agree. But um, this is, uh, this, we got to go, we got to go back. I want to, I, I prescribe you watching that scene five more times, Alex, to, to rectify the situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's my prescription. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's hard to give lower points on, like, what's the funniest line. I mean, it's uh, it's subjective. Anyway, next uh, next quick question. What is the funniest gag of the episode? I'm looking for more of an extended uh, concept or um, thing, like, or just extended joke that got a laugh out of you. Um, let's uh, start with John. I think just the entire relationship between Rick and Noob Noob from start to finish is the best gag of the show, because... He said he says all these lines, you know, he thinks they're zingers. Noob Noob comes back and just yells, God damn. And Rick goes, thanks, Noob Noob. You've always been there for me. He then gets wasted, uh, basically proclaims how much Noob Noob means to him while in a state of drunkenness, basically reminiscent to that dude in a bar who gets wasted, makes friends with a guy at the beer pong table and is like, we're going to be best friends forever. Yay. I'm going to throw up in the toilet. But then, and you feel like he actually really does care about Noob Noob, same way he cares about Mr. Poopy Butthole, which I guess he was inspired by. And then at the end, when he's sober, and he's forgotten everything, he's just like, who the fuck is Noob Noob? And Morty just looks at him, basically saying, you mean you told a guy you you care about him more than anybody else, and you forgot over your own grandson? And that's why I agree with Alex, this, that animation was hilarious. That whole gag, setting it up to that moment, was so funny. 
and you, you feel bad for Morty, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, I could totally see Rick doing that. He gets wasted, and then he just totally forgets about somebody. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an interesting choice as a as a gag. I buy it. Uh, the uh, not noob noob, but the noob noob brick relationship. Also, I believe Andy said that, but um, I will not give a negative point because uh, messing up uh, Gearhead's name is worse than messing up Andy's name. I would say. Okay, um, <laughs> that's that's the continued punishment. Okay, April, what is the gag of the episode here? My, I think my favorite gag is just that it's the sort of the Rick, like sober Rick versus drunk Rick. Like, because it's very obvious that sober Rick does not stand a chance against drunk Rick. And like the entire time he's just like, wait, I said that like, Oh, I feel that way. I mean, yeah, I, uh, I'm aware of the situation in Israel and all of that stuff. But then like it in combination with like Morty, just being like, are you like fucking kidding me right now? Like, you don't even know like who you like who you are whenever you're drunk. And I like I deal with it all the time. So I think that whole like sober Rick versus drunk Rick with the saw twist just was just really good. Like because if like I guess Rick's greatest enemy is himself and even he can't take him on. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, dr- just the, the concept of drunk Rick running, uh, running the saw death, the uh, death thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good choice. Yeah. Um, Andy. Uh, what's your gag? My gag is the entire party at the end when they come up the elevator because it's just so <laughs> absurd. It's like absurdity to the max. Like somehow Beth and Summer are there and Summer shows up and she's like, wow, damn, grandpa must have been shit faced. <laughs> like she just knew what had happened while on her phone just like texting. And the fact that Logic is thinking about noob noob and everyone in the crowd is just like chanting noob noob back. They somehow know the lines to the song. Like this whole concept of this party is incredible to me and I love it. Uh, solid answer. There's a chance for bonus points here. Was anyone familiar with logic? No. Oh my god. No. Okay. Nope. We're all gonna. I mean, I can't say I was either, but we're all gonna lose points here. Okay. Um, <laughs> even you. Uh, even me. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there are people listening who are offended by by this, but uh, I don't know. Um, Alex, uh, gag of the episode. Uh, I'm not sure if this counts as a gag, but I did enjoy the entire cold open, just the the, the beacon going off. And no, I don't, I'm rejecting a, a literal call to adventure. And then Morty pulls out his card, the call back to me, seeks and destroy of uh, getting one out of every 10 adventures. Read him and weep. So just like that entire sequence uh, to me, like that, that was really funny. Uh, just like a lot little little callbacks and just like it, feel, it felt classic Rick and Morty to me, that part. Definitely agree the the opening was good. Yeah, I think the Vinda Beacon would have been a, an answer here as a gag on its own. But I think if you try to make the whole code open, that doesn't count. I, I agree it was funny, though. So only four points. Five points for oh, four points for Alex. Five points to the rest of you. Those were all good, non-repeating choices. Thank you very much there. Um, I also would have accepted Million Ants uh, just in general. Crocky, I mean, just the concepts of all these guys. Crocky Bot just in general. Like, um, you know, like a Ghost Train Guy. In, like, uh, these are all these are all great gags on their own, right, I would say. Okay. Um um, j- just before we move on, just a, as a number two, like in the in the background, there was a very tiny thing that it's kind of like a gag, but in that part where they're doing the matching game and uh, Morty solves it, it ends at 42, and obviously 42 is like the answer to life and everything from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and the idea of this entire thing is just Rick being like, everything is meaningless, and so just like, you try connecting all that, 
it's a weird thing to end it at 42 is all i'm saying i feel like i feel like dr- i feel like sober rick would feel like he's above hitchhiker's guide uh references but probably drunk rick i think maybe receded <laughs> to that so i, I, yeah. I, I can buy it okay um i just wanted to get that in yeah it's a, it's a good good observation there okay favorite we got to pick a favorite vindicator who is your favorite vindicator alex well, I've already given my take here, but it's it's one million ants. He has the interesting power. He he can regenerate with the you know, a little queen ant in there, j- just put pooping out thousands of ants at once. Um, I do enjoy his monotone. I want to give big props to Tom Kenny. For some reason, every character he voices in any show, I end up falling in love with very quickly. I also enjoy that they show his soft side a little bit as well, especially him trying to convince Supernova off the ledge in the, that fi- final scene. And then just uh, it, fe- it felt tragic when he when uh, Supernova pulled his, his queen ant out of his body. So, yeah, he, he's the he's the only one I feel that shows any kind of dimension. All, all the rest fall flat to me. Did, here. did you cry when he died? I didn't cry, but I felt a, a tug to my heart. Okay, you sold that. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna take out points for it, but uh, you sold it. Okay, um, Andy, who's your favorite indicator? Can I talk about my beef with Million Ants at some point? Because I have some big beef. Okay, with give, give, me, oh, give me, give me a rebuttal. Yeah, rebuttal. yeah, come on. Okay, because Million Ants is the most stupid vindicator on the team. Okay, remember when he was shot by the turrets and he lost four hundred ants? And then he regenerated them in less than five seconds. Why does he restrict himself to one million ants? He can clearly grow as many as he wants. Why isn't he like a a planet-sized ball of ants? It makes no sense. He could stop every crime in the galaxy. He's an idiot. He's incredibly stupid. I don't get it, Alex. He might have character, but he's not the the worst superhero of Malks. He's just stupid. Two words, brand awareness. If you're going to call yourself one million ants, (laughs) stick to it. Be, Be like 10 million ants. I... I would but then you gotta change names. You gotta go through the trademark process. You gotta go through royalties. How about, how about Plus 10, ten million ants. ants is just ridiculous by that point. <laughs> that's too many ants, Andy. There's what if one yeah. million that, is just more manageable? That's, like that's, it's easier to like track exactly. of. <laughs> that's like when Iron Man goes through the trouble of making like fifty suits at once. That's just overkill. Well, we never saw him have any maximum amount of control of ants. I would, I would have liked him to explain why he only stopped at one million ants each time, and he seemed pretty prideful of being exactly one million uh, ants. Now back to one million ants. I, I think that's a pretty uh, <laughs> stupid criticism that he only regenerates to 100, <laughs> uh, one million but ants. I think it's legitimate. It's stupid, but he's I, stupid too. Your logic makes sense, but I don't understand why this, why this diminishes the character for you. <laughs> Is what, I, is what I'll say to that. So who is your, if, if it's not one million ants, who is your who is your favorite Vindicator? Uh, my favorite Vindicator was Ghost Train because he only ever used his powers literally once. He threw one train, and then after that, he just kept talking about trains. He didn't actually use them at all, and I love this. He just, I don't know, this Green Lantern knockoff character was just really funny to me every time he was on screen. And like you said, that line about him and the and the six million wriggling legs in his and his dick were was really good and uh i just liked him a lot and every time rick made fun of him i just felt i just felt for him a little bit because there's no way you can rebuttal to rick there's no rebuttal to when rick makes fun of you you just have to like accept it and move on look can we get this right please it's his half ghost half tumescent penis i mean come on how hard is that to understand (laughs) half ghost half tumescent penis okay um solid choice there april who's your favorite vindicator uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet for you, but my favorite was, uh, Million Ants as well. Uh, he had the heart of a queen. He was the most, like, 
I say fleshed out character of the Vindicators. The other ones, I totally forgot what their names were until I looked them up like five minutes before the podcast. And I was like, oh, that's what their names are. Uh, are you I telling me you forgot Crocubot? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot Crocubot. Yeah, let's be real. Supernova is a good name for sure. You mean Titty Beam? Well, for sure. Okay, that's better. That's better. But I also enjoyed the, what was it, the the whole deal where uh, Supernova's like, we were going to have a child together, but it couldn't survive because it was half of a million ants and I'll just like a collapsing star. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so million ants was my favorite. Um, he could only die if he ripped his heart out, which Supernova did. And there's something poetic about that. Correction, ripped his queen out. Oh, yeah, but his heart was his queen, so... <laughs> Uh, In a metaphorical sense, I guess. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Don't you understand poetry, Alex? Come on. Uh, yeah, two, uh, two votes for Million Ants. John, who's your favorite Vindicator? I'm going to go with Supernova, uh, voiced by Gillian Jacobs. I thought she, first off, I thought she was the most visually interesting of the Vindicators because her body was basically a supernova constantly in motion. I really loved how they pulled that off animation-wise. Second, you could tell right away she was the leader of the Vindicators in a sense because she's the one with all the plans. And when Rick is just interrupting, she's the first one just to snap back and I'm saying, is there anything you'd like to contribute to this briefing? And which makes sense. I mean, she's, you know, she has the control. She has the plans. She, she doesn't want to listen to, you know, a, a, dr- a constant drunk try to try to set the rules. And then as the challenges went on, you saw her turn from like, you know, the organized one, the good one to the most evil and it was a natural progression she effectively helps kill off alan rails through that little lover's quarrel they had where she absorbed him and then million ants went into him and then exploded him from the inside that was cool and then at the end she basically borderline choke almost chokes rick and morty to death staves off million ants trying when she's trying to calm palmer he she kills him and makes the best line of the whole show it was one of the best lines of the show it was it doesn't matter that people depend on the Vindicators being there, which was, you know, it basically it basically confirms, yeah, the Vindicators are dicks. It doesn't matter whether or not what they're doing, whether they get credit for all the good they do, they need to be the ones that do it. She understand, she understand it's maniacal and it's self-serving, but it's sort of the culmin. It helps really bring the whole show together where it's like Rick proves that they're dicks. She just proved that they are dicks with that whole speech at the end. And she gets away. I hope we see. I hope we were actually is a sequel, given that she did get away. There might not be, but out of all the Vindicators, she was the one I most enjoyed hearing, wa- hearing and watching. Loves the choice of Supernova, John. Would you say uh, Supernova Britta'd everything? I don't get the reference. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I don't know. If I, I think she. Uh, I think she did. Uh, you think she Britted she everything? Britted I don't. Should I? She should did. I get, make him lose a point for not uh, understanding community references? No. Okay. I think uh, so. <laughs> considering this is Dan Harmon. Yeah. Right. Dan it's Harman's required show. viewing for the Dan Harmon <laughs> show. Um, I have yeah. seen literally two episodes. You need to watch. Okay. I am Your so. homework is to marathon community because it's a plus. Okay. Um, <laughs> every, every, There'll be a pop quiz. Pop quiz next, next week. Band, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone gets uh, five points except for April because she repeated an answer gets four points. Although it was the correct answer, so only loses one point. Um, you know, I, I'll take that. <laughs> I agree. Mill- million answers is correct answer. I I stand by my choice. <laughs> okay, uh, I, it's, it's yeah, fair, fair. When you have to repeat the correct answer, maybe that's the way to go. Um, Andy gets a point for his uh, rebuttal. I like the initiative. Alex gets two points for properly defending against it. So there's some bonus points awarded there. Um, after whatever rounds I'm tabulating it here, it is a very close race with Andy in the lead at, uh, nine, at 21, April 20, Alex 19, John 16. He's catching up here. Um, I'll, I'll, by the way, all of you again, I'm not going to make you lose points twice for the same mistake, but you are all wrong. The correct favorite vindicator is Noob Noob. What are you talking about? How uh, did no one answer Noob Noob dang here? It. No. <laughs> He's clearly the most important vindicator, as we saw at the end. Okay, um, but he is a, he is a vindicator. He could have been chosen there. Let's go to a potentially longer discussion. Although we're um, we have a, we have a good good time under our belts. We don't need to extend this too much. We talked about this a little bit. Um, what do we think of this concept of Rick being the real villain all along? Uh, we think it's going to be World Ender. We're hyping up World Ender in this promo. He's going to be the biggest villain ever. Then nope, he's just dead all along or dying. Um, and then uh, Rick uh, comes in and Drunk Rick is our villain here. Is Rick more evil now? Is he Was he even evil or villainous in this episode? And is he becoming more evil? That That's the question I pose to you. Um, what's your take on this, April? Uh, so my whole take on this is I wouldn't ever say that he's ever been like the good guy, but he's definitely more of like an anti-hero in the fact that like, he's not like necessarily trying to save anyone. He's literally just doing what he wants. All of his motivations are extremely selfish. And so I think in this like episode in particular, he was very, I don't, I don't want to call it like selfishly motivated, but he was very much like, I'm trying to prove this point to probably Morty more than anybody um, that like the Vindicators are stupid. And so he, he goes about it in a very like villainous way, but I still sort of maintain that he's just, he's an anti-hero like, and it's coming more and more to light that he is not, he is definitely not the hero and he's not the good guy, but he may not always necessarily be the villain, but drunk Rick is definitely a villain. (laughs) So (laughs) Is 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 isn't Rick drunk all the time though? Isn't hey, but not blackout drunk. Right, yeah. Like, really? like I feel like we yeah. You gotta talk on the Rick scale. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I don't think this is like sober Rick versus drunk. Rick. I think it's like shit faced Rick versus normal Rick. Like this is this is what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's just like our normal Rick is like shit faced, but not like drunk, like drunk blackout Rick. So okay, it's like no- normal Rick is tipsy. Yet still under control. This was blackout shit face drunk Rick. Like this is the drunkest he's ever been. Yeah. No, normal Rick is Mad Men functioning alcoholic Rick. Like that's like yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. 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 He's not sexy alcoholic. Yeah, he's not. He's not. John, he's not John Hamm functioning alcoholic. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's the, other, the other type. Yeah. Um, okay. This, this is a solid answer. Um, Andy, what do you think about this topic? Um. I think that Rick is definitely a bad guy. Like, he's not a good person. But I think there's, it's questionable to call him a villain because he's not really trying to purposely hurt anybody. He's just not considerate of anyone around him. And he's just very selfish. And it just leads to people getting hurt around him. He's not purposely going into an, he didn't purposely go to the Vindicators to kill them. He just showed up because his grandson had that stupid punch card. 
Like, he's not trying to do these things vengefully. And I think that's a very big difference between a villain and just someone who's not a good person. And I think a bigger part of it is that he's not evil either. He's just very amoral. He doesn't see specific things as being good or bad. I mean, he, and I think that's a big difference when you're talking about someone who's just quote unquote pure evil. Like, Zarkon from Voltron is pure evil, or Ozai is pure evil. But Rick is just uncaring and unempathetic a lot of the times and that's a very big difference okay okay like the the shout outs to our other animated shows here um i would i could you could argue rick's done more damage to the world than either of those two though i, I think oh yeah but that's necessarily mean oh. yeah it, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's an interesting question um alex what's your what's your take on this well i'd say he does like if we're talking about good versus evil we can't really allow for a middle ground i think in that situation so if you're considering evil as being morally irreprehensible, causing harm to others, then yes, Rick is by by his nature evil. Uh, April mentioned that Rick wanted to prove something to Morty, but it's interesting that he was trying to leave with the idea that he had a portal gun to fall back on and he was going to bring Morty. So it feels like he designed that entire thing just for the purpose of um, harming the the Vindicators. And as for Andy, he says that he's not evil because he doesn't mean to harm anyone. But if in the end he actually does end up harming people, then you can't really use that as an excuse. And I think also it goes into the fact that Rick is very much a sociopath, someone who is very uncomfortable even thinking about emotional topics. And the more someone touches on that, the more extreme he reacts to it. So here in this occasion, he's reacting particularly hard because Morty is the one who rejects him outright. Like, no, the Vindicators are my heroes when Rick is shitting on them. So just just that entire... Um, all of that together, to me, shows that he is a villain, but maybe an aimless one, an inadvertent mm. one. And those could, sometimes can be the most dangerous ones, like, uh, like a type, maybe the, to make a comparison like the Joker from The Dark Knight. His only purpose is to bring the true selves out of them for just his own, uh, like, just because. And Rick often acts like that. He often does things just because, just because he feels like it. And those kind of villains are often the most dangerous because you can't reason with them. You can't figure out what what's actually wrong with them because they've got so many layers of emotional bedrock that you can't dig through. So yes, Rick is evil unintentionally, maybe in his eyes, but by his actions. Yes. Nice. Nice. John, uh, what do you think? I'm going to disagree when I'm going to disagree with the point that, uh, Rick is evil, but I will say that this episode is, has proven that he will go to extreme lengths to make it, to make his point. And I say, and I say that because he, because his whole thing was, you know, the Vindicators aren't heroes; they're just self absorbed people, which is proven true. But he does it in a way that leads to two of them dying, and and the other two being, uh, being died because they constantly fought with each other. And Morty even has to say, you know, you're, you might be right, but you're being an asshole about it, and no one wants to say you're right. Rick White likes being proven that he's right. Morty's saying that if he keeps acting like an asshole, no one will give him the satisfaction. And you kind of see, and you see that because he's never, you know, he's right, but no one's going to say it to him after all that. But we have to consider that Rick does actually care about people. Like he does care about Morty. Like, I really think that is a strong point. He even said, you know, well, I was drunk. I might've said I loved Morty. I don't know. I think he does. There have been hints of that. He keeps Morty around. He does let him go on adventures because he cares about him. We know he cares about his family. He just doesn't openly say it. And more times than not, he is trying to save the world. He saves the world from the Galactic Federation. He saves the world from the Council of Ricks. Is he the most more? Is he the most? He's not. 
he's not a sort of nihilist. He doesn't believe in a zero sum game. There is an element of caring. It's darkness with a purpose. It is he he definitely is fits the bad genius description. But to go as far as to say that he is a villain, I am not comfortable with saying that because I, I don't think he's he has evil intentions. He is very self righteous intentions, which I think are two totally different things. Yeah, I, I think those are those last two answers are really good opposite sides of this debate. Um, like on one hand, the Vindicators destroy themselves and he doesn't really do that much. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, he's uh, I, I love the logic of him being uh, just like a unintentional or like or like I don't know how you phrase passive type villain. Um, I think John and Alex's answers were more specific to this episode. They get five points. April and Andy's get three points, although all of them were were good answers here. Um so yeah, I, I think this is potentially going to be a continuing topic, so we might revisit this down the line in the season. Uh, let's end in a lightning round here, so some quicker answers. Um, what is the weakest part of this episode? Uh, some of you think it's a very weak episode, so maybe you'll have a lot to choose from here. Uh, so uh, you better pick something very weak. Uh, Andy, let's start with you. Clearly the weakest part of this episode is the fact that there's no B-plot. This, real, this episode really needed a supporting story to go along with this saw x saw style thing going on in the a plot and so we could jump back and forth without it this sometimes the plot falls flat and the jokes run a little long sometimes and i think that a b plot could really elevate this episode much higher than it already is okay it's an it's an interesting point yeah um we could we could get more into that um but maybe uh when i when my when i graded it'll hear about alex what's your what's your weakest part of the episode i think my uh, maybe this is just a uh a uh, a result of being exhausted throughout the episode. But by the time we got to the ending, the whole party gag and then the stinger at the end, none of those got even like a chuckle out of me, except maybe Summer getting off the good line of, oh, Rick must have gotten shit-faced. But the the raps, the stinks, except for maybe the, at, in the credits, there's a line, did I get paid yet? So just, just like, you know, whatever. And the gearhead stinger, meh, I haven't thought of him in a, in a long time. And it's just uh, takes off his jacket, gets broken, but he's a, robo- he's a robot so he can get fixed. W- whatever. Just that, that entire ending, just whatever. I don't care. Just get me to the end of the episode. I'm hearing gearhead's name being dragged, and not even sometimes his proper name, being dragged through the mud uh, by Alex and Andy. April, <laughs> April or John, will you come to gearhead's defense? Gearhead's like he's the character that we've had through all of the seasons. Like we're constantly like picking fun of him. He's almost like a Jerry character in a sense. Like it's just too easy to sort of make fun of him. So uh, I I think it, I thought it was all right that they included him and how he was like, ooh, Vindicator's jacket. Like yeah, and then you see him later like trying to pick up uh, I guess gear chicks with it, and I I enjoyed the. Are you guys going to like gear college? Like making sure that they're not underage mm. gear people. <laughs> Does not get an answer to that question, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He never gets an answer to that question, and then and then for him to just like sort of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go change into my uh, out of my secret identity or whatever, and then he just runs off like he's a coward. I'm so I. 
that's that's my uh i guess my defense of gearhead i I like that take that he's like a jerry of uh the alien type characters um but we're we are disrespecting he's a uh conveyor of the gear wars i mean we need to respect this man he tells us history come on (laughs) have you heard about the gear wars Please tell me for the next 30 minutes. I would listen to Gearhead's anecdotes about the Gearwars. I would do it. Okay. Uh, John, what's your weakest part of the episode? Uh, I, I referenced it earlier. It really felt like a lot of chess piece storytelling. Uh, once you saw that World Ender had been defeated and stuck on a meat hook by Rick, it then became a sort of, okay, I know where this is going. He's going to prove they're a dick. Everyone's a dick. This room has this task. This room has this task. This room has this task. Okay, final room, uh, turnaround events, boom, concert. It just felt predictable. It felt like you know where it was going to go. And when it got to the finale with the concert, I could kind of get it. I mean, this whole thing was put together by a guy who was completely trashed out of his mind, so it would make sense. But from a viewing perspective, it didn't quite work how it, just, how it sort of you know followed a very specific path the show is really good when they could the show is really good when they're not really doing anything when they're not doing that kind of specific storytelling Mm -hmm. and this one just felt too predictable for me okay okay april what's your weakest part well my weakest part was an actual part of the episode and that was the scene where they had to locate the place that they never mentioned to save i think is how they phrased it because i totally forgot about that whole israel gag like it did not hit me at all I even like had a moment where I was just like, wait, how did Crocubot die? I don't remember. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, did he even die? Did he make it to the end? Wait, no, he died at some point. So that whole like, I totally forgot about it. I even like had to like write it down so that I would remember it because I was like, okay, yeah, it was a joke about Israel. Uh, okay, like that's that's just how it was. Like I had to remind myself about it even before like we started this panel. I was like, don't forget that that was the weakest point of the episode. Like you did not like that. And I was like, okay, got it, April. So I was not into that gag at all. <laughs> uh, see, obviously I disagree. I mean, I can about the, the Israel gag. I called it the funniest part of the episode. I still think so. Um, I, I think it's uh, just a great concept that Rick, uh, like in the, in the like quote unquote sober Rick is um, having to tip throw about it. But drunk Rick just uh, rants about Israel all the time. I, I it's yes. It's it's a it's a it's definitely a fun it's definitely a funny gag and it's a good sort of social commentary about getting too political when you're drunk. It just fell apart for me because it looked like the vindicators had no idea what Israel was and then reacted as if they knew exactly. <laughs> it about definitely what he was did. Yeah, about. it definitely didn't have logic. The million ants was like, I'm not touching this one. Yeah, they, like he had no idea what it was, but I still thought that was hilarious. Um, and there's definitely I, I something. It... Yeah, go ahead, April. I was going to say, I thought it was just sort of like a small like stab at Dan Harmon because he likes to get drunk and then get he'll get on Twitter and just start ra- like ranting about whatever like hot topic is currently taking place on Twitter. So I thought it was kind of like that stab at that where it's like, oh, like drunk Rick is just going on about Israel again. That's like, oh, drunk Dan Harmon's just going on about whatever is happening on Twitter. Like that's kind of how I took it. Like upon the second watch, I was like, oh, I was like, huh, that kind of that kind of like made me like like chuckle inside my head but not chuckle out loud where I was just like, ha ha, Dan Harmon. Look, I would welcome I would welcome more Dan Harmon self-referential humor. I think that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> 
And there's definitely something to be explored there because also at the same time they're having that conversation about what happened on the planet that Crockybot selected. It was some kind of like genocide to get to a certain cause. But they, they touch on that and they never mention it again for the rest of the episode. And it's just in conjunction with the Israel gag. But, uh, so you could make a very weak connection there. But in the end, it just all feels half-assed. It, like, it just mentions it there and doesn't mention it again. It's just a whole tiptoeing thing, and uh, it, do- it doesn't work. If you're going to do it at all, go all the way. Don't just go all circling around there. I, I, I don't think they intended that much of a connection there. I could be misreading it, but I think that they were trying to accomplish two different things there, one with commentary on the Vindicators being not great. Then they were too own. close together, and the joke wasn't yeah, I think I think that's a, that's a fine argument. Yeah. That, that was There was a lot going on in that. Um, I think the Israel thing was kind of isolated, and I, I, think, I still think it was hilarious. Okay. Um, John gets four points. I think his answer <laughs> was the closest to the truth, um, just that it was like too predictable of an episode, too much following a typical narrative. All the other answers get two points. Um, don't, don't agree with them. I think the thing that... Um, that uh, was the worst part of the episode is that it just wasn't that there wasn't that like super clever standout gag moment. There was no like I know you guys aren't some of you aren't crazy about Jag- Jaguar, but um, like he was like such a great gag parody of like action films. And like there's nothing that smart here in this episode. Like there, no. there's no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like in Pickle Rick, like Peter Serafinowicz and Susan Sarandon, they're very interesting side characters. Here, I don't care about the Vindicators. They don't give me any. Vindicators anything to are work funny, off. but they're not like, uh, they don't bring a lot of complexity to the episode. Um, and I'll give. But that's my argument. Yes. That, but that's my argument for why we need a B plot. Because when you have a B plot, you have room for people. Like, because Alex didn't really connect with the Vindicators. But if we have a B plot, maybe he would have liked a different facet of an episode. I think it's, that's a this. hard he argument like to make for me. I think we've had great no B plot episodes. Yeah, maybe, but like at the same time you have, well, we, the, have the, Dylan, that's, we have had no B plot episodes that are great like the one with like Total Rickle is that the name of the Yeah, I, Total, I, I, Total Rickle has no B plot. Yeah. yeah, I it's but mm-hmm. it's just a very broad argument to me. It's possible. It yeah, that, that's not a requisite to have a good yeah, episode. That, that, that'd be it isn't, but I think this one needed okay, it because John was arguing that it's too linear. We're, we're and running long here. It's a, it's a fine argument. April also gets a bonus point for a defense of Gearhead. Um, last last question here. I won't tell you what well, the point total is going into the last round, although it's a very, very close. Um, quickly, rank the four remaining episodes, the four episodes of season three, April. Rick Shank, Pickle Rick, Vindicators, Rick Mansing. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even follow it. Yeah, you got to go rank it number-wise. Rank oh. it number-wise. Go. Okay. Number one, Rick Shank. Number two, Pickle Rick. Number three, Vindicators. And number four, Rick Vindicators Manzing. three. Okay, John. Rick Shank one, Pickle two, uh, Rick Mansing the Stone three, Vindicators four. Um, Alex. Going by airing order here. So one, Rick Shank Redemption and four, Vindicators three. Rick Manson, The Stone, Pickle Rick, two and three. You can flip them if you want, but I, I prefer the Mad Matt's episode over the Pickle Rick episode. Andy. Uh, one Pickle Rick, two Rick Shank Redemption, three Rick Manson, The Stone, then four Vindicators. Um, okay, my uh, my rankings are one Pickle Rick, two Rick Shank Redemption, three Rick Manson, The Stone, four Vindicators, three. Um, I would say they're all great episodes. Did anyone have my identical episode order? Me. I did. Okay. That, I think I Wait, John? <laughs> yeah, I think I think I might have. Though I would like to like to add, uh, just given what I've said about Vindicators, uh, there is a gap between three and four, like a big. There's a noticeable. I gap. think I think Vindicators is still a top tier episode. I've distinguished between my top and bottom tier. Meaning in episodes. the future, 
it'll be. You, you think it'll be further down? Yeah, there'll yeah. be. It'll probably be more. Yeah, top it seems like some of you disagree with that. I, I definitely again recommend rewatching this episode, although I do think it's less smart. Andy for agreeing with me gets the tiebreaker and the win. The final score is Andy. Woo! Andy twenty six points. Alex twenty six points. April twenty six points. John twenty five points. Oh my God, it's very close. Here. Okay, um, congrats all of you. Some some great things there. Andy wins despite the gearhead disrespect. Andy, would you like to spend your FaceTime thirty seconds eulogizing gearhead? No, Gearhead doesn't oh deserve it. I might have to take away the victory here. <laughs> disqualify. Uh, g- give me, give me your actual, give me your your speech, and maybe I won't disqualify you. Okay. Uh, my speech about winning. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever topic you want. <laughs> so, uh, I think this episode will be the low point of the season, but I think that's good. This is one of if this is the worst episode we're gonna get, then I am happy with this season. We're gonna get some great stuff following this, I'm sure, and I'm excited to see where we're going next episode and the episode after that because we've seen previews for both of them right now at this point. And I'm really excited to see the Jerry stuff and how that, if we lead that back into divorce. I really hope that they don't just include Jerry to be a joke. I hope we really do get into this divorce stuff, and I really hope that um, the episode after that we get to see what their breaking point is. Okay. Um, I will retain your victory. That was good enough. Sure. I agree. If this is the worst episode <laughs> of the season, then the season will be potentially the best season of the show, I would say. So, um, you yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good stuff. All of you, uh, congrats to our uh, champion, Andy. Uh, John would have won if I didn't handicap him in the beginning, but I had to <laughs> not re- 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 prevent the three-time winner here. Okay. Um, so let us know who you agreed with and what your thoughts are. We are here next week for the Rick and Jerry episode. It's happening. Rick and Jerry adventure. Let's yeah! go. Yes. Yeah. Very excited, yeah. I'll make you pants on the way, you guys. <laughs> Best part of the episode. Yeah, I want to see if he does make him pants. Okay. So yeah, we're very excited. About it. Check us out at overlyanimated.com. I'd love, by the way, if you like our Morty podcast, I really love reviews on our Rick and Morty iTunes feed. We only have like one kind of tepid review there. It'd help us with the visibility. Um, really appreciate that. Uh, Rick and Morty, overly animated Rick and Morty search for that iTunes reviews. We'll read, if you, if you give us a good review, we'll read your review on the next panel. How about that? Okay. So, uh, check us out overlyanimated.com. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Michael, aka Wazowski. And thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, and Andy. Thank you. And uh, that's patreon.com slash overly animated. I think I said that really fast. Okay. Um, we got a bunch of stuff coming up in the Overly Animated Podcast, including more Rick and Morty, of course. We're back next week for the Whirly Durly Conspiracy. I'd love to know uh, what that, how that name comes into play, but um, we, will, we will see then. So uh, congrats to Andy and uh, to all of you uh, for a strong performance, and all of us, because this was a better-than-you-all-are-saying episode. So um, there's my final word. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Adios. Bye. Bye. Take care.